All right, um, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the forum on the venture. And today I have with me Mr. Haruna Emmanuel, and we'll be discussing series six, the transformative economy. And um, what we'll be trying to establish today is to understand the current um, economic model that um, is defining the reality of Nigeria and of Africa today, while we would also explore how the context of the venture magic for the future of Africa can redefine that narrative. So, hello, Mr. Emmanuel. How are you today? I'm trying to unmute. I think you should be on mute now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. So how are you too? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So good to have you on here. Um, it's 11.58 by my time, but I think we're going to just jump in straight up so that we can keep the time and maximize your presence with us. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for, for actually um, inviting me to the program. I really appreciate that. All right. Awesome. So um, everyone, of course, you know how we do it. Um, let us know your experiences, your expectations. Let us know what you're looking forward to in the comment section or in the chat section so that um, we could know that um, you are following and having an immersive learning experience. Thank you, yes. Let's go, 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 go. All right, amazing. So first off, we are going to be talking about series six, the transformative economy, and we're gonna be having four series of conversations. We're gonna start off with the trivia. We'll try to establish the human connection with the invited guests. Then we have the discourse, where we try to understand the underlying uh, mechanisms behind the conversation. Then we have the strategy session where we, we lean on your insights and experience into the conversation so that we could gain practical, um, practical insights into the kind of actions that we can take. And then we'll have the forum where we'll look for the one thing that we need to focus on now and that will lead us to our biggest impact area. So the venture matrix for the future of Africa, you know, discusses an alternative um, logic to the economic growth and development of Africa, right? Starting from Nigeria, because it represents Africa's biggest um, economic potential at the moment. So what would first like to learn from you is, you know, let's learn about your work, um, your areas of interest. So what is your everyday job like? Um, since you work, you know, with the government, you've worked with the government, and now you are a mech scholar in Japan, especially in, um, economic, in developmental economics. So what is your everyday interest like? What is your everyday work like? Thank you so much. I think, um, thank you everyone for joining this program. So like I said, I really appreciate um, for you inviting me into this program, right? Yeah, they, my everyday work is about development, development and development. Because um, the difference between the mainstream economics and development economics is bridging that gap between theory and practical. Mm. What theory says about economic is quite different. But empirically, practically, in our community, because economics deals with people. So in our community, what the theory says in terms of its application might be quite different. Mm. So that is why we call it empirical analysis. So between the theoretical analysis. But first of all, we need to understand the theory 
what is the idea behind the theory? Mm. Then when we now begin to apply the theory to practice, what does it really say? Mm. So development economics is bridging that gap. So like you did introduce me, yes, I work, I work with the government. So I specialize in um, um, plans, policy, programming. So mm. that is my everyday life. Wow. I'm very passionate about development and I'm, I'm very passionate about how can we bridge that gap between theory and practice. Okay, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for that um, beautiful expression of your interest. So let's dive into the conversation today. Now, the alternative logic proposed by the Venture Ministries for the Future of Africa is that since Africa, especially Nigeria, is a youth-populated um, um, community, it is best that we design our economic policies and economic framework based on that factor that the dominant part of our population is young, right? And the focus here is on the undergraduate community because they are within the right environment to be able to explore this. But the non-existence of an enabling environment for them to participate in that economic ecosystem, it is what is causing the current dysfunction. So what do you think is the untapped potential and unexplored opportunity between the undergraduate community and the African um, um, and the African economy, right? Especially as it relates to policy and to developmental economics. Yeah. So I think um, I would like to actually explain what we mean by transformative economy. Yes. Transformative economy is all about production. It has little to do with consumption. Yes. And exactly. again, mm. like in, 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 in Africa, in Nigeria, where I come from, imagine our population is around 200 million, approximately 200 million people. Yes. So what, what we do, what our economy shows, our economy shows that we are a consuming nation, mm. not a productive nation. Mm. Now, how do we bridge that gap? Because the disconnect is, is within the framework of the ecosystem itself. Yes. So the ecosystem does not, does not operate in vacuum. It operates with people, the living things. That is what makes ecosystem. Yeah. And the living things is, is, is about our life, right? It's also, our, also about our educational pursuit, right? Yeah. So now bridging that gap, what is the space for the undergraduate? I remember vividly while I was, um, while I was undergraduate there in Ahmad Bele University, we never had opportunity to actually benefit from this type of intervention. Hmm. Because I, I actually graduated in 2007. So from 2003, 2004, 2007, we never had this wonderful opportunity like what you are projecting now. Hmm. As undergraduate then in the university in Zaria, all what we knew is to go to class, attend lectures, <laughs> go home and eat and sleep. <laughs> and then go back to library. That is what is obtainable during our days. But things are changing now. Thank God for the, for the 21st century. This 21st century talks about skills, not really certificate, because certificate more or less is based on theory. Because what we are, taught, what we are being taught in the school, in the classroom, is basically theory. Then skills, I keep on telling my, 
my so many mentees that you don't get skills in the classroom. No, nobody gives you skills in the classroom. You get skills by practicing. Now, so you have the theory on one side, then you need to practice the theory to give you that, that necessary skills. So that is a disconnect in the undergraduates. Now is that then how can the youth or maybe undergraduate student unlock that potential? We live in a community. Most of our universities are located in the community. I remember during my days. So I need to force myself to actually go out there and, and, look, and look for opportunity to serve the community. Then, then so we go to Wusas, uh, is, is it Wusasa, then Zaria? Then uh, Samaru, so, so there are some villages. So I volunteer myself into some associations in school. Then we have African Union Student Club. Then I can remember very clearly. So we do community intervention. So this community intervention, we approach some community to see what are the main issues, what are the gaps. So, this, so why am I referring to this example? I'm saying it because the skills that undergraduate needs, you can't get it in the, so within the four square of the classroom, no. So we need to involve, participate ourselves into associations in school. I'm not saying that you should abandon your, so your classes, no. So try to see how can we be able to manage your time very effectively. Classes is a requirement for you to attend certificate, right? Mm -hmm. Then body skills. So you need skills. Then bridging, bridging with the government policies. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, sometimes is that as undergraduate, except people that, that study social sciences, like maybe political science, mm -hmm. or maybe sociology, or maybe economics, that get themselves used to government policies because mm -hmm. it's part of their courses in school, right? Yeah. Then what about sciences? The, the engineers, mm -hmm. right? So it's, so it's very difficult for them to get used to all those government policies. So now is that 21st century make it very easy. During, so during our days, we, had, we only had 3310 <laughs> mobile phone. So, <laughs> so as in, it doesn't have, so as in, it's not a smartphone, right? But, so, but now, a lot, almost 100% of students, or let me say 99% of students in the higher institutions have access to smartphone. Then what do you do with the smartphone as a student? It's now, so I'm not, I'm not referring to pushing yourself out, right? Go extra mind, use your mobile phone to actually access government information because government policies, government will not leave the state house. So I begin to advocate promote policies in the universities. No, it's, it's very difficult, right? Or maybe, go, so government will not leave as, or maybe Abuja to begin to go to maybe, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe University of Abuja or maybe, or maybe AB Zaria or maybe Unijos. So to, to begin to educate people about its policy, no. So you as a student, so depending on the course you are studying in school. So, so you need to go extra mind. So to look for what are those policies that is somehow related to your field of study, then mm. get yourself so used to it. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for that. And, and I love that you talked about government policies. Um, so another question in this trivia is, 
what do you think is how can you you know in in brief and simple terms help the undergraduate community understand the influence of economic policies on their economic outcomes and let me simplify this this question for example for some of us and i'm not trying to assume the concept of policies right is very abstract not to even talk of economic policies it is <laughs> it is a total is like is like is like is another language entirely but what we can understand is outcomes what we what you can say that you understand once you can add we are, i'm trying to get two eggs all i need to do is get one egg and another egg and i have two eggs we understand outcomes we might not understand the processes but we understand outcomes so what is the what are the things creating the current outcome what are the current economic policies that are creating the current outcome of what the african economy or nigerian economy looks like today that you think the undergraduate community needs to be very aware of yeah i think is uh, so you asked a very wonderful question right Hmm. then we need to understand what is even a policy. So undergraduates need to understand what is a policy. There's difference between a, a plan. There's difference between policy. There's even between a project and a program. So, so we need to actually clearly demarcate them for them to, yeah, to really understand. A policy is an intention of government. So that intention, if a government chooses not to take action, it's also a policy. A policy is just intention of the government. If the government wow. say, I'm not addressing Boko Haram, it's a policy. Mm. It's the intention of, of, of the government. Mm. Now, so intention is, is one thing. Then addressing the issue is, is another stuff. For government not choose not to do any action is a policy. Mm. So for government to do action to address a certain need is also a policy. Mm. But but as in people don't understand <laughs> the meaning of a policy. So if if a government says I'm not I'm not reacting to a particular issue, is government intention not to react is also a policy of government. Mm. Yes, so we need to understand that. Then again, coming, answering to your question, you know, when we, when we refer to Nigeria, we refer to Nigeria as an example to other African countries. Yeah. So Nigeria is not quite different from other African countries. Yeah. Let me give you a good example, a very simple example of a policy and the outcomes. You know, like I said, a policy is the intention of government to address a certain needs. Mm -hmm. There must be a problem. Then a policy is geared, it's a process to solve that problem. Let me give you a good example of a policy that achieves a certain outcome. A good example is, um, so is the wallet policy of government. So you can remember that wallet, your policy in Nigeria. That, that as in a farmer, so was given, was issued a mobile phone. So, so that mobile phone can tell a farmer if fertilizer is available. It's so it can tell a farmer how certain weathers, right, affect its, 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 um, its, I mean, its, I mean the crops. 
right? So it's, a, so it's a very good policy. And again, everybody will agree with me that that, that very policy, you can see an outcome, right? So that very policy was initiated during good luck regime, right? And who was his name? Former, okay, this current, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, African Development President, what was his name? Uh, and Dr. Dr. What was his name? Sorry. Yes. So he was the one that introduced that policy. And we can see the outcomes. Now, talking about the outcomes, some outcomes are tangible that you can see. So that, that outcome, we can see. All students in the school can see it. So because there was massive production. So farmers were, were able to increase their yield. So these are the positive aspect of an outcome. Also, as policy is intention or not intention, we also, look, we also need to look at outcomes. Outcomes can be negative or positive. The positive, yeah. So do you see? Mm. So, so, it's, it's, so, so it's important for undergraduate to understand how our government policy works. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Awesome. Wow. This has been so expository. So for the final question in this trivia, um, let's now talk about the economics, right? Um, now, we're, now, now that we understand that policies are the things that define outcomes or, you know, of economies. Um, you know, the first time we spoke, there was something very insightful you told me about. I don't know if you can say it publicly, but I know you, you decode when I say it. You were telling me about the decentralization of our economic framework being the, the biggest area of impact that um, you think the undergraduate community can focus on. So, you know, if, we're to, if you were to do a little negotiation between the past, um, the present, and the future, what do you think is the actual economic potential of Nigeria and Africa under this current system that if the undergraduate community are able to understand and you know, uh, 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 um, cause a change, right? We can totally um, at least contribute to unlocking the, the prosperity of Africa. But I wanted to give the response the way you gave it to me, telling me where the biggest area of impact on our economy will come from. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Yeah, they, they disconnect in, so in our economic framework, particularly from this regime, so, so from this administration. So it's, it's not quite different from the previous administration, right? So it's the centralization of all government policies. Mm. So centralization simply means most of the policy are being designed at the, federal, at the federal level. So the state have little information, right? I'm not saying that they don't have much information, but, but in terms of keying into the federal policies, so it's very minimal. Why am I saying that? So I'm, I'm speaking from experience. So because I work, so I work at where the federal policies are being designed. So now is that in so many cases, so we tried at the federal level to see how the states, particularly key international policies. Mind you, for the sake of this program, let me just give a clear example. At the federal level, so we have the national planning, coordinating, designing, and developing plans, policies, on behalf of, of the federal government. Then at various states, various states also have their economy, Minister of Economy Planning, 
being aided by a commissioner. So which, which is expected to key into the national policies discourse. So, so we do have every month, the federal government usually have what we call NEC, National Executive Council meeting. So which the commissioner of, of economic planning or budget and economic planning at the state level usually be in attendance. So they're supposed to understand what is happening at the federal level. But, but in, in many cases, that disconnect still exists. So now, now again, at the subnational, subnationals consist of two, two components. Then we have the state government. I also have the local government areas. And most of our universities, our institutions are located in the local government areas. So now is that if we should have a disconnect, so in terms of understanding federal policies, then how will the state, the, the local government key into it? Mm. Mm. So the gaps are there. That is why I keep on telling my mentee that the state, we expect much from the state. People don't live in Abuja. Abuja mm. is a vacuum, right? Mm. It's a federal. So people don't live in Abuja. People, economic activities takes place at the subnational level. Yeah, for instance, mm. yes, at the grassroots level. So for instance, like if we have a farmer, do we have farmers like as in cultivating their land in villa? No. Do we have farmers that are cultivating in, uh, in uh, Eagle Square? No. Most of our farmers live at that grassroots level, so which is the local government. So the policy intersection, so between the federal, state, and the local government, and, sorry, and the local government is sometimes it's really faulty. Mm. Yeah, so now, now it becomes so difficult for undergraduates to understand, since most of the schools are located at the local government level, it's very difficult for a student to understand what is the government really doing. Mm. Yes. And again, to add it, issue of connectivity, right? The state government also have their own policy. How does the state government policy and the national, national I mean, federal government policy federal government. speak to each other? Each other. Yes. Mm. So now a good example is if the National University Commission said, uh, so around 1,000, for instance, around 1,000 graduate is expected to be rolled out of the university every year. Do we have, does the, does the Minister of Youth and Employment or Productivity know how to absorb those graduates? No. Mm. So, okay, okay. Um, Apart from the Minister of Youth and Development, then talk about all those uh, Minister of Agriculture, I mean, sorry, Minister of Agriculture, Minister of Education, um, I mean, um, like maybe um, um, Power and Energy and stuff like that. So policy supposed to speak to each other. So where one policy ends, another policy begins. So, so as it is not that maybe, so the policy at the federal level, it should be run differently for the policies at the state level. Then again, another dangerous mistake that we usually make in Africa is the continuity of those policies. 
What, what do I mean so? A very clear example is that our political leaders during campaign, they will roll out some of all those policies that they intend to do if voted into office. So that policy is not really aimed to promote the economy, but, but really to confuse people's mind. For instance, so in my, in my locality, so I wouldn't <laughs> mention the name. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I don't think you I came to, <laughs> so as in, he knows me as, as a very controversial someone, like as in, I always ask questions because in economics, we always, we start with questions. So, exactly. he's, he's, so he's afraid of me. So any time he heard I'm around, he will not come to that community. So he will leave it until I, I travel. So before he comes to campaign. The first time he came to campaign in my own community, he says, he says people should vote for him and he will build 10 boreholes. I was not asking myself, say, ah, and honorable, how can you build Tembo Old? The previous eight, eight uh, I mean, previous eight years, all those, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, honorable members, they only succeeded in building only two boroughs. <laughs> and you are, <laughs> you are telling people that you want to build 10 boroughs. How? Hmm. This campaign is meant for, to confuse people's mind. You know, Nigeria, like I said, Nigeria is very, it's, it's, it's like, it's very easy to confuse our mind, right? Is that we are, so we are too easy to forgive, right? <laughs> so, but, but, but as in, so, so we can forgive in the, in the other aspect, but things that have to do with development, mm. please, we should not forgive about it. Mm. So if we elect a leaders, and if that leader is unable to deliver the desired outcomes, please, we should be, we should not just ourselves, mm. right? And actually speak our mind. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. You know, this has been such, I, I, you know, I, I was, I just knew that this conversations would be really exciting. Thank you so much for those um, answers. So let's dive into the discourse now. Um, let's talk about economic policies and how they shape um, you know, economic ecosystems. Now, the Venture Metrics for the Future of Africa, we propose that once we can get one thing right, which is create enabling environments for value creation within our universities, it will in turn disrupt our current economic ecosystems. It will, it will disrupt our economy. And then everybody can experience, you know, the prosperous Africa that we all desire. But first of all, in the discourse, we need to understand how economic policies shape um, ecosystems. Because if we are going to be able to hold government accountable, we need to understand what they understand because knowledge is always the gap between outcomes. So how are economic, you know, last, 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 last series we discussed was with ecosystems. So we currently understand how ecosystems are built and how they are run. But they don't, as I said, all of these things don't work in a vacuum. They have to work together in alignment. So what are, what, how do we design, develop, and deploy economic policies that frame economic ecosystems, you know, that, that affects economics? So you can also help us understand the economic framework and all of that, but how do economic policies frame or support ecosystems for economic value creation? Yeah, thank you so much for that wonderful question. 
So because, first of all, <laughs> we need to understand how, how economics work. It, so it's, it's like a framework. We have government, we have institutions. Institutions are government ministries, the police, the army, they're the institutions. Then again, we have us old, right? Then again, we have the private sector, which is the market, so which is the market. So economy works like this. Do you see? So, but the major agent of an economy is the household. Why do I say the household? Awesome. Because they're yeah. like the production, they're the production of the natural resource, which is the exactly, human, the human exactly. Resource. Exactly. So, mm. transformative economy, like I made mention wow. earlier, mm. is so, so it's about production. Yes. And what? And inclusiveness. So now is that, so if we talk about inclusiveness, what are we talking about? We are talking about the connected economy. Wow. So the connected economy whereby we have the household on one side, we have the private sector, on one side, we have the government and we have the institutions. institutions. Hmm. Yes. And again, the institutions and the government, they work party pursue. Mm -hmm. It's like, so we need a very strong institution, a transparent institution, a very strong institution and a reliable institutions hmm. that understand the asshole. Hmm. Now, the power of the agent of an asshole is that they are the one engaged in production. Mm. They are the one engaged in consumption. So because transformative economy is more of production and less of consumption. Mm. So because we need to produce more. Yes. And again, consume at least less or maybe minimal. That is the framework. Mm. So as if we don't understand this kind of framework, it's very difficult for us to understand economics. Mm. And, and, and the power of us all is that once they consume, they spend their purchasing power. Exactly. They spend mm. money. And they pay tax to the government. So government doesn't have any avenue of getting tax, I mean, sorry, revenue, except through taxation. Mm. Mm. So, so it's expected that through this taxation, so the government can be able to deliver some of all those infrastructural development. Mm. You take tax from the people, from the household, from the private sector, and develop the economy. That is how a perfect economy works. But, but in concrete terms, there's no perfect economy. So yes. most, most countries doctor their own economy framework to suit so the behavior of the people. Mm. Mm. For instance, now bringing in uh, the undergraduate into this discussion, this analysis, how can they under, so undergraduate understand that ecosystem? So because undergraduates, they are part of the household. Yes. They, they, they actually exist in the ecosystem. So they are, they, are, they, are, they are important agents in the ecosystem. So we cannot do away with them. So now, if the undergraduates are more, Productive. Are more exposed to government policies, right? Mm. So, how they, so how the ecosystem works. So in terms of the designing, the development of all those policies and plans, we need to work together in harmony, mm. inclusiveness, like I yeah. said. Transformation economy is all about production and inclusiveness. Yes, yes. It's all about production. 
And when you talk about production, you mean growth, yes. economic growth. Yeah. And when you talk about inclusiveness, how can we make our growth inclusive? inclusive. Yes, so that the mama put on the street can actually benefit a business. Mama yeah. put at the, at the street can actually get revenue from our business. That is, so that, that is inclusiveness. Yeah. So if government policies are not geared towards inclusiveness. It's not a transformative economy. Brother, mm. yes, mm. yes, yes. It's a really, it's a really challenge. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Um, I, hope, I hope everyone that is watching and listening to this, uh, we're learning a lot because as, as you know, one thing we've learned now from this question so far is that the reason why our economy is, 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 is what it currently is, is that even though we have a youth-populated e economy, right, the youth-populated economy are not even, there's a low participation and inclusion in that value creation ecosystem. And for us to get to product to that transformative economy where there is inclusion and sustainable growth, we need to make sure that the young people are more involved in production of economic value. So amazing, amazing learning points. And also like that you mentioned that the reason why our economy is currently framed is number one, it is, it is designed you know, as a unitary system from the government from top down. And that doesn't work, especially when we have so much numbers and then we have so much diversity of, of economy. But more importantly, it is also because the current, um, 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 the current ecosystem is built on consumption instead of production, right? Yeah. Compared to every other economy that is experiencing sustainable growth. So thank you so much. Um, you know, you can see I'm learning a lot. <laughs> Amazing. So the next thing we want to learn is that you mentioned inclusion and growth. So what are the, what are the, what are the elements of a, of, a, of, a, of a working economic policy that can drive economic um, inclusion and growth. How do we know that this, how, okay, what are the measurable things we can see to say, wow, this is, this is an inclusive and sustainable growing impact of this economic policy. So how do we make, what are the elements of, I don't know if I'm asking the question right, but what are the elements of a vibrant economic policy that will lead to, you know, inclusion and growth? I think that is a better way to frame it. You actually, <laughs> you are driving me to the class. <laughs> you are driving me to the classroom now, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Then again, I'm, I'm actually equal to the tax. Awesome. So we need to understand there's this recently. So there's this, there's this argument. So between should we rely on economic growth indicator? Or should we rely on development indicator? That, so it's quite different thing. Where growth is quite different from development. So growth, growth is, the is the increasing productivity. So yeah. how the quantum of production divided by the number of people so, so in that area. Yeah. So during the good luck, Jonathan, like 2008, 2009, so and stuff like that, you, you have been seeing our growth is actually increasing 7%, 6%, yeah, 5%, or maybe thereabout, right? Then, but it's, so in terms of indicator, human development indicator, which deals with the quality of life, because mm. growth is about production. Yeah. Development is about quality, quality of, life. of life. Yes. Yes. Our healthcare system. Access to, right? yeah, Our access. Yes. Mm. Yes, like as in our 
our educated population. So how many people have been uh, actually been educated, right? So as in things that, that actually promote life, mm. sustain life, enrich life is what we call development. Development, yes. Yes. So it's quite different from growth. Growth is about production. So if a country produces, and so what? That is the question. So if a country produces, and so what? So if it doesn't reflect on in the life of the people, and so what? Right? So now is that a good example is this. Mm. <laughs> so so as in Africa, so in Nigeria, we usually say our our growth, so in terms of nominal, is around five thousand or maybe in 2008, it was like 4,500 billion US dollars. Very, very rich. So it, it only speaks about the size of the economy. Yeah. Nigeria is a very huge economy. Yeah. We have potential to grow. It's very huge. But when you divide it into per capita PPP, mm. yes. So you, so you find out that an average Nigeria goes home with, so with around $5,000. So if we divide it, so you find out that our GDP per capita, right, is around, in terms of purchasing power parity, yeah. so it's, it's around 5000 4000 per person. Mm. But in terms of the quality of life of Nigeria, what can we say about it? So, so in terms of our, our, our um, what they call life expectancy. Mm -hmm. So just a couple of days we were discussing with my professor. He was like, I usually, I usually uh, crack joke with him that I'm, I'm too old. So very soon I will die. Mm -hmm. So he was not asking me, how old am I? So I said, I'm, so I'm just 35. He said, you are too young. Mm -hmm. I, said, I, said, no, no. I, I was like saying, professor, in my country, the average solar span is for male is 54. Mm. For female, it's around uh, 57 or 58. But here in Japan, their lifespan is around 80, 90 years. What? So, so it means, yes, it means averagely, people usually live up to 90 good years. Wow. What are those indicators? Is human, is, 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 is better healthcare. Healthcare, better yes. Health, yeah, insurance. A lot mm. of them have insurance. So if they are sick, they take their insurance card to the hospital. Quality of life. Mm. When you go to the hospital, you have the best state, the, the state of an art equipment in the hospital. That enriches life. Remember, we talk about development. Yeah. Anything that promotes life, sustain life, enrich life is development. It's quite different from growth. Then you, you ask about inclusiveness. Mm. We have growth, we have inclusiveness, and we have development. development. Mm. So we need, so for us to move from growth to development, we need inclusiveness. Inclusion. Wow. wow. If that inclusion is not there, we cannot reach development. Mm. Economy, economy is a process. It's, so it's not a magic. It's mm. a process. Mm. Yes. Wow. So, so designing, navigating between government policies, first, it must be inclusive. Mm. It must consider... Because I can't for the, everyone. Yeah, all the stakeholders. Yes, yes. everyone. Mm. All the undergraduates. Mm. How many numbers of, of undergraduates are we expecting to throw to the, to the labor market? So what are their profession? Are we actually promoting the STEM approach, like science, technology, engineering, and mathematics? So what are the gaps in our 
economy structure. So it's clearly showing that in our economy structure, we lack the STEM approach. Most of our scientists are, being, are running out overseas. So because of lack of instrument to work with, mm. I'm telling you, we have talented youth in Nigeria. A lot of youth in Africa are making waves overseas. Mm. All the department in, in, in foreign institutions whereby we have Africans, you will see them topping the class with four point something, three point something CGPA. We are wonderful. All we need is to fix all those basic necessities. Mm. Once we will be able to fix them, I'm telling you everybody abroad will come back home. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Now, the last question for the discourse is, um, now you mentioned the economic framework and then you identified um, the, the pillars of that framework. You, you mentioned households, you mentioned governments, you mentioned institutions, and then you mentioned um, the private sector, right? Now, with our understanding of the current gaps within our economic policies and the need to drive inclusion, um, Okay, so let me, let, me, let, me, let me quickly bring a premise to that. So with what you just said now, um, let's quickly refocus. The Venture Matrix wants to change the conversation about the undergraduates just being a labor supply. No, 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 we don't want that anymore. The next time we want people to look at the undergraduate com community, we want to see them as a production engine. We want to see them as people who cannot just be um, a talent supply to the labor markets, there are people that are already solving that problem. There are people that are plugging that gap. But we need more economic policies that create that enabling environment for an Okpayemi to say, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur and I don't want to wait till I finish school. Are there policies that can enable me to start creating economic value as a student that will not affect my academics? Or even if it affects my academics, at least it creates the same opportunities that my academics would have gotten for me I can get as an entrepreneur. So who are the stakeholders within this economic framework that need to be engaged with these policy disruptions that can create the kind of economic outcome of a transformative economy that we so dream for Africa? Thank you so much for the wonderful question. Um, the economic agents that are very important, so in terms of being a stakeholder in addressing those vacuum is still the government. Mm. Why do I say the government? So because the government have authority yes. to initiate laws, to mm. initiate policies, policies, to address mm. those gaps. Mm. But, but I usually tell my friends, my mentees, that they should not really wait for the government. Government, Nigeria government have a lot of issues to deal with. So many issues to deal with, economic issues. From, from political, from security, from economy, from so many issues to deal with. If we should not wait for the government, then what do we need to do as an undergraduate? I may mention that earlier. During my undergraduate, I never had laptop. I did, <laughs> I did my FANAYE project <laughs> in the business center. I never had, <laughs> I never had smartphone. I only had 3310. <laughs> so now <laughs> the youth now have our facilities very close to them, smartphone. Those who have laptop very close to them. Mm. But 
the first step that we need to change that narrative is to tweak the educational curriculum. Mm. I, so I keep on emphasizing on that tweaking of, of, of our school curriculum. Our, our school curriculum is very tight. It's very tight, I must say that. Yeah, it doesn't allow room for any other It doesn't give us a breathing space. Yeah. Monday to Friday, lecture, lecture. No! Hmm. We should not be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, lectures. No! Here in Japan, we have... Let me give you a good, a, a good example. So even though it's not, it's not ideal, so it's not natural for us to compare Japan and Nigeria, right? But, but as in things are changing, so the facilities that, that undergraduate have in Japan, we also have it in Nigeria, right? So mm-hmm. now, now in Japan is that in the third year, for a student to graduate in the fourth or fifth year, almost all of them have a job. All of them have jobs. Wow. They start job hunting right from 200 level. Wow. So internal level is expected. All of them have a job. Then when they graduate, they, they move to their job. Mm. Then the, the educational policy is connected to the labor, to the labor market markets. policy. Mm. They employ in, in two years. They employ like, if, if we have graduate that will be graduating next year, that their employment start like three years ago. Uh-uh. Wow. So they're in, they in level, they have employment later ready. So once they graduate in foreign level, they'll just move to the office, easy. Mm. That was what was done in Nigeria in the 70s, early 80s. Mm. Yes, exactly. Because a lot of our fathers, our uncle, immediately they finished the NYC, they went straight to the office. Now, we are not really encouraging that. So what we are not encouraging undergraduate is to be the innovator. Innovators, so within yes. the system. Mm, yes, yes. Mm. You see, so it's to be innovator within the system. So now, during our days in the school, I and some guys, like I told you, I was in so many extracurriculum activities. I was, I was one of the <laughs> representatives in the student union government. Mm. I was also in African Union Student Club. I was also, I, so I was like in a four or five association. So people, my classmates thought maybe I'm wasting my time. Mm. But, but as I knew exactly what I want. I was able to build myself right from the undergraduate. I tell you, since I graduated, I've never lived a day without a job. Mm. I was working in school. I was the chief editor. I mean, I mean, editor-in-chief of African Student Union Club, who have been given allowance. Mm. Yes. So as an I've, I've, when, I, when I went to service, when I went to service, I was the president of, um, I mean, I mean MDG CDS, uh, CDS group or something like that, the MAC component. So I was the president. Immediately we finished from camp, I, I got a job with international NGO. Mm. I was like, I... My brother, I don't want to say, say, yeah. <laughs> say something about my personal life, right? Yeah, then back fine. to the question. Now, so now is that students have, undergraduate have a lot of facilities, like, like instruments within their means. So what they need to do is 
to look at their community. Mm, so exactly in most community, so within the school environment, yeah. we have community. Yeah. And those communities have needs. Exactly. So the yes, they have needs. So now is that is for you to create a niche for yourself. Mm. How do you create a niche? Innovate Once around those problems. Are able to, mm. Sorry? Yeah, I'm saying they just need to innovate around those problems in their locality. Exactly, exactly. So don't wait for federal government from Abuja. Mm. In, in, in your community, so we have honorable councillors, we have local government very close. I know some people might not be able to reason as you do. So because it's you that saw the needs. Mm. And again, you need to fill those vacuum. So within the, 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 the university system. And mm. thank God, in most of the universities, we have this, this Dean of Student Affairs or yes, something have, like that. Yes. yes. So, so, so the first process is to liaise with him and mm. discuss. So if you are fortunate to have a young, mind, so, so a, a young mind-thinking person, you should be able to direct you. Mm. So now is that, so, so the facilities that we have within our means, the electronics that we have, Google, though it's not easy because the challenge has been so has been that uh, oversupply as a student, of information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as a student, we don't have money to buy in, uh, internet, data bundle and stuff like that, right? Mm. So, <laughs> so it's a challenge. But as in the little data we have, so, so we now begin to navigate what are the real issues? Then how do we solve the issues? Google now supply most of the question globally. Mm. When you ask Google, what is your name? He will tell you your name. So mm. when you ask Google, how can I address this issue? It will tell you the necessary steps. So the step is not that you should copy and paste. No, no. I disabuse that mind. Mm. I'm not part of a school of thought that believe in copy and paste because people think differently. Differently. Mm -hmm. Context, yes, context are is different. different. Yeah. Exactly. So what happened in Japan might not be obtainable in Nigeria. So because our mindset are quite different, right? Mm. So it's to look at the processes, then tweak it a little. Right, so so, so and see how how you be able to provide solution to your to your problem. So in a simple note, I say we need to tweak school curriculum. So because mm. students in Nigeria are overboarding with classes, mm. classes in most cases do not do not save us. So we need skills. How do we build? How do we build the skills? So we need to think outside of the of the classroom. So I think by doing that. We should be able to build this case. Wow, I, I I love your response, and you know I, I love that you even give a practical way to go. So we should start looking to how to layers with our student uh, environment governance, which are you know the admins, you know the dean of student affairs. Even if they don't respond to you, at least take it to them first and establish ground. But you should already start working on something. And I like the, the curriculum aspect because understand um, from research, it was even mentioned. Uh, in series three by Mimshak that <laughs> curriculum review in Nigeria takes four years. That is, that, is, that is a crazy amount of time. So it's better we are able to create an enabling environment for people to innovate mm. faster than trying to change the curriculum. So let's go into the strategy session. What do you think the undergraduate community can do right now to create their own enabling environment for value creation before we can even start getting stakeholders involved. And I want you to answer this from an economic policy uh, uh, um, um, perspective. You know, 
for how can we independent of the authorities needed like the government how do we create our own economically um, economic policy focused enabling environment for us to start innovating uh, 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 on, on our local problems from where we are yeah thank you so much for your question so i think first of all undergraduates needs to understand what is their passion mm. what are they really passionate about so because solving a community issues is driven by your passion so if you don't understand what you are passionate about is very difficult for you to address community issues and again to innovate because addressing community issues have to do with innovation innovation has to do with ideas yeah so you need to have an idea on how to go about it then your passion is like kind of a bullet triggering those ideas so and again your passion sustain you so even though people around you are not really cooperative so because it's your passion that keeps you going mm. first of all we need to understand what is your passion as undergraduate mm. what are your goals the challenge that we that we really have like as in most undergraduate in nigeria is that we don't we don't have our our comprehensive and connected plans Mm. Like goal in life. Mm. You on, as undergraduate, what do you want? What is your passion? Can you can, can you actually divide your goal into short time, medium time, and long time? Mm. Okay, in the short time, this is what I want. I want to graduate. Then in the medium time, so which has to do with four five years after graduation, and what next? Do you want to go back to the labor market? So if you begin to strategize those plans into the short term, medium term, and long term, then you understand exactly what you want. Once you understand what you want, then you now begin to take a proactive action to innovate. Mm. For example, if I'm schooling in XYZ community, and I found out that most of them, I've noticed that most of them usually take their gas, gas uh, cylinder. cylinders. Yes, to go to filling station to actually buy gas. And you live in that community. And you notice that this is a challenge that those community people are having. They don't have a middleman that supplied those gas to their household. So you as a student, that doesn't stop you from addressing that issue. Exactly. To actually create a company, mm -hmm. right? Get one or two guys. That is how Facebook started. Mm. Mind you, most of the entrepreneurs in, 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 in America, in the US, in the United States, started in, in the school. Exactly. They started in the school. Most of them started in MIT. Yeah. Most of them started in Oxford. In Stanford. Not when they graduate. Yes, that, was, that is basically the mistake that we make in Nigeria. Mm. We are waiting to graduate. No, you don't wait to graduate. Innovation starts in the school. Local problems first. Exactly. Look at your community. What are the really issues? Mm. And so it's not the issues. What are you passionate about? Mm. It's about passion. 
So when you discover it, then sit. If you alone cannot drive it, get like like minds people, right? Your your friends in the class. Okay, bros. So I've seen this issue. So the, so this is the, the, the issue that this community is facing. Most of them buy their gas from the Philly station. Can we quickly register a company and actually rent a kind of a, a truck that will go to their house, pick those cylinder, go to the what's it called Philly station, station and, and buy it for them, them and bring it to their to, to their home? You are solving a problem. Hmm. You see, you are solving a problem. And people and again, of course pay for it. <laughs> exactly. They actually pay for it. And while you're under on, undergraduate, you don't need to rely on your father or your mother or your, your uncle for a stipend hmm. to pay for your tuition fee. So, <laughs> so most of us in Nigeria, we rely on our parents to pay for our tuition fee. Hmm. So once you're able to innovate, innovation comes from idea. Hmm. Idea comes from you understanding what are the real challenges in your community. Yes, Don't sir. wait for government. Mm. Gone are those days that we wait for government for everything. Don't wait for government. Don't wait. Mm. So I keep on telling my mentees. So look at yourself. I, so, so, I, I, so I begin to advise my younger ones going to the universities. Do you know what I told them? I don't know, sir. <laughs> I, said, I said, getting a first class is good. Getting a two-one is good. But a successful person is that person that designed an, an idea when he was in school. Mm. Yes. Mm. Two-one first class is good. But what sustains you after graduation is the idea that you design while you are in school. Mm. Do you know why, why it's important designing idea while you are in school? Because you, you have a like minds in the school exactly. that will help you to brush your idea, that will, that will help you to refine your idea. So do you see? But when you graduate, you go home. How can you actually relate with them? So it's, 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 so it's quite challenging. So now is that it's for us to innovate while we're in school. How do we innovate? We innovate by understanding our community. How do we understand our community? We, we should not be in the in the what's it called uh uh it's so in the in the dormitory what's it called hostels hostels sorry <laughs> so so we, we are used to dormitory here so so we should not from the class from the class after, after so after our lectures then go back to our hostels no let us so begin to develop that consciousness go out to see your community exactly just take a walk and see what are the challenges is, is so is it life is it mama put on the street? Mm -hmm. so, so as in think, think around those issues and liaise with the, not, not necessarily because we still need the government to drive those things, right? But, but, but first of all, hmm. yes, we need to start from somewhere. Hmm. So when we start, then government can come later. Government hmm. doesn't support somebody to develop idea. No. If we are waiting for government to help you, <laughs> to, help you to develop idea, <laughs> Forget about it. Mm. Government only support. A good example is this intervention fund from the CBN. Mm. There are a, a numbers of intervention fund going, rolling out every day in Nigeria. And, and there are criterias. What are the criterias? You must be registered. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You should have started. <laughs> then try as much as possible to register an organization while you're in the school. 
Try. I challenge all of us that are listening to this presentation, try to register an NGO or maybe a limited liability. And, and not, or some sort. The price is just 5,000. Just, just one or two guys form a team, register a startup and start something. Do you see? Certificate in the next 10 years, our certificate is useless. Yes, we want less. It's, it's, 10 years is even too much. Five it, years, five it, years, five years. 10 years is too much, five years. <laughs> you see? So you're, you're first class. So, um, I'm, I'm in two one. I'm not saying that it's not good. It's good. But, but lay more emphasis on the skills, hmm. experience. So now is that we, so we at Ninga. So I don't want to bring Ningak issue into this, but, but it's good for give example, right? Yeah. So, we are, so we at Ningak, so we are now pushing for a bill to see how can we introduce internship so to make undergraduate a compulsory internship in school. So it's mm. not like a series that science students do, do like six months, no, 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 no. We want all the undergraduate in Nigeria University to undergo at least one year, two years mandatory internship. Mm. So, so maybe by doing that, it will, it, will, it, will, it will unravel that kind of entrepreneurship skills within us. Once we are attached to a company or maybe a government organization, so we now begin to tinker, how can we begin to, to provide sustainable solution to it? All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Um, we've used up our first hour. Uh, we have 15 minutes left. So, now, see, one, 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 one issue that um, has always resolved is that they're actually, you know, when I joined NIGAC also, was when I noticed that, wow, they are actually brilliant economic policies, social economic policies, political policies that already exist. The problem has always been in the mismatch between execution and outcome. Government might have intention or an instrument of government might have an intention, but the execution of it is, is and, and I feel one of the problems is because the government is always creating policies independent of the people that they are creating the policies for. Yeah. So to round up this session, how can students, not, I don't like saying students, how can the undergraduate community get more involved in economic policy formulation that will lead to a transformative economy? I think we can end on that. And, 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 and before you answer that, I just want to quickly address the point you made. So for example, Pushing for the bill. Okay, I, no, let me not address that. That one is backdoors. So how can the undergraduate community get involved in economic policy formulation and execution that can lead to a transformative economy through all of the value that we're going to be creating and innovating in our local economies? Yeah, um, you, know, you know, inclusiveness in terms of policy designs Yeah. Is, is, is quite challenging. Yes. So it's quite challenging because um, there are institutions that have the mandate to actually do that, right? So, but, but, but there's a kind of a, a space for like public airing. So as in that space, I would like to see the Nigerian Student Association should step low from, from politics. Mm. The Nigeria Student Association is in Nigeria, NANT, Nigeria Association of Nigeria, is in a National Association of Nigeria Students, stuff Students, like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, they should lay low from political agenda. Let them focus on building the skills of students 
which they are representing. Mm. And how would they do that? Student needs to channel all their ideas, their, their insight through the, that association, NANS. Mm. So NANS as a body has the mandate to afford a memorandum to the National Assembly, so in terms of inclusiveness wow. in policy design. Wow, that's, wow, that's his big stuff. Yes. I'm writing it down. So, yes, so NANS, NANS in Nigeria, they're all about politics. They're all, all about supporting, and so the agenda of, of the ISBDA. So it needs to be more about uh, policy and not politics. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Then again, they, so the policy must be from the student. NANS, Go to each faculty and ask students for their input. Indeed. Then again, wow. summarize this input and send it to National Assembly. Mm. But I'm speaking because I was, during my days, I was also part of NANS because I was a, a, so a representative in the national government. So I know how NANS operate, right? So, mm. so is that less of supporting, uh, the, so the governor of A, the governor of B, the governor of C, so, I mean, begin to collect envelope. No, it's not all about envelope. So it's, so, it's about supporting the interest of the student. And that is what NANS is being established for. Mm. Push the interest of the student. What are the interests of the student? The student need to build their skills. The student needs to be actively involved in, in, in policies, design. Mm. Right? Then how can we do that? Go to each faculty. Send a kind of a, a memo that has any student to that. Thank God, it's very easy to coordinate because each faculty has as was association, was, right? Yeah. Each department have association, so it's very easy to push it from the department level to the faculty, then to the NANS. So mm -hmm. NANS summarizes what the student want, the interest of the student, and push it to the, to the national assembly for inclusion into policy design. Mm -hmm. If, so if not, except through an association, because it's very difficult as individuals, individuals today yeah. to, be, to be actively involved in policy design. So True. policy design has a lot of processes. And again, so in these processes, those, those institutions that have the authority to do that might, might want a kind of a submission from an association, mm -hmm. like traders association, Student association, women association, so and, and youth association, stuff like that. Mm. So, so I think um, I'm, I'm actually suggesting the best way to go. So we were talking about the practical approach yeah. to, to actually implement those stuff. Wow, this has been such an exciting and um, inspiring session. Um, I wanted to know um, you have uh, okay. This is 105. So do you can you take one more question? Yeah, sure, sure. All right. Now, what do you think is the biggest area of, of um, what is the lowest hanging fruit on engaging stakeholders, right, on inclusive economic policies? What do you, how do we facilitate those stakeholder relationships with the undergraduate community? Because, the, as I said, one thing we can do that will make all of these things align is once we can create enabling environments within our, our, our universities. And, you know, I spoke about that in series three, the matrix. Uh, I designed the matrix to show what an enabling environment will look like and how it can produce certain outcomes. So how do we facilitate? What's that area that you think, what's that area that you think stakeholders will be able to, 
to, to make concessions to our own needs. Because as you mentioned, it's about policy and not politics. But one thing that defines politics is self-interest. And most times, these stakeholders do not get involved if it doesn't align with their own goals and, 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 and aspirations. But most times, those goals and aspirations do not fit the collective interest. They, they fit self-interest. So what other areas you know, can we explore to create partnerships with stakeholders for economic policies? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I think um, this is the cross of the equation, right? And again, it needs, it needs kind of a very clear, clear answer to it. Yes. Yeah, so in terms of the value creation, maybe the value idea, so that actually align with the stakeholders' interests. Yeah. You know, value, value creation has to do with human being. Value creation doesn't exist in vacuum. It must, be, it must exist on existing structure. And once that enabling environment is missing in the ecosystem, it's quite different for each of the stakeholders to understand each other. Exactly. It's mm. about policy advocacy. Now we have, I start my discussion with the ecosystem that exists in Nigeria. We have the government, we have the institutions, which are the ministries, either at the state level or maybe at the, at, at the federal level. We have the police, we have the army. All those ones are like the institutions of government that actually operate with the government heading them, right? Then again, we have the household, so then again, we have the private sector. And those, this ecosystem cannot work without a good enabling environment. Then how can we create a kind of a, how can undergraduate create a kind of a value addition to those ecosystem? Is, as it stands now, is very challenging. I must say it's very challenging. Mm. So because students are virtually excluded. So, so, so in terms of, True. contribution to policy programming in Nigeria. God bless you they for this are point, totally True. excluded. excluded. Yes. So in Nigeria, we have more than 60% of the population of the youth are between the age of 25 to 18. Yes. 60%, yes. 25 yes. to 18. So it means that we have a kind of very huge youthful population. And if government policies does not take cognizance of those huge number, it, it actually becomes so challenging. Mm. For instance, mm. I will give you a good example with my second country. I so much <laughs> adore the country, Rwanda. Whoa, yes. I so. love Rwanda. Mm. Yes. Mm. We have seen, or maybe we have read, how, how the government, both the institution, engage the youth in a robust discussion. Mm. So let so let us borrow from that. Let us have a good strategy. Number one of the strategy is town hall meeting. Mm. I don't care how they organize it. Let's have a town hall meeting. Do you know why I love town hall meeting? Why? So, so the, town, the town hall meeting allows you to see face to face, to understand if a person is lying or not. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So let the student and the stakeholders let them see eye to eye. Mm. Eye to eye. Mm. Tell us what do you have. Mm. Then the student will now scrutinize it to see is it workable. So because I, I must tell you, 
we have a very vibrant Nigerian student, undergraduate. Mm. We have them. I've, 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 so I'm, 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 I'm fortunate to attend the Mandela Washington Fellowship and also the, the what was it called? The, the Regional Leadership Center, YALI, um, Regional Leadership Center. So mm. I've seen a lot of Nigerians. Our numbers are amazing. Mm. In Mandela Washington Fellowship, during my time, 2018, we are 60. Mm. No country mm. like that. Mm. The follow-up country was Ethiopia. So we did about uh, so around 40. We mm. are 60 amazing people, brilliant people, well-educated people. Those guys graduated from Nigerian universities. Mm. They have a lot of stuff upstairs. Then again, in the regional leadership center, so which is, uh, which, which is being organized in, uh, in, so in Ghana, Accra, and also Lagos, right? And Ascon in Lagos. We have a lot of vibrant, we are so many Nigerians. So vis-a-vis, that is how our undergraduates are so many. So the first approach to do is to organize a kind of town hall meeting. Mm. Mm. When we organize a town hall meeting, I don't care how they intend to do it, but I, I would love to see an engagement face-to-face, so between the student and the government and the private sector. Mm. So in designing a kind of a, a very formidable, yes, a, a kind of very formidable enabling environment. Mm. Constitutionally, the government is supposed to provide enabling environment. Yes. Constitutionally. Constitutionally. Mm. The private sector do not, are not expected to, to, to provide enabling environment. It's the government. Yeah. So if the government, in a, so, so in any economy, government provide enabling environment. What are those enabling environment? We talk about the law. Yeah. The policies. The policies. The infrastructure. Infrastructures, yeah. Infrastructures that will enable a farmer in my village to cultivate and transport his product to the market to sell and make profit. Mm. And that will encourage road infrastructure. And we are talking about the railway infrastructure that will, that will enable to beat the cost, mm. right? Mm. Then again, we are talking about the sea that, that will discongest our our papa wolf. Mm. Since how many years ago, our papa wolf, we have so many sea, I mean, roots, roots in Nigeria, Calabar. So we have uh, in 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 Lokoja dredging. So do you see, those are the, are the kind of enabling environment that every country cherish. Even partnerships, international partnerships. Exactly. Hmm. So if, if we should be able to have that kind of a town meeting to the enable students and those relevant stakeholders to meet face to face and discuss, not in paper, not in, uh, in uh, Zoom call. NTA. <laughs> Not in NTA, no, face to face to discuss. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that would greatly help. This is this has been amazing. Thank you so much. We've come to the end of today's session and we are right on time. I really appreciate that you've invested uh, this time and your mental resource with us. This has been such uh, an amazing engagement. Thank you so much, Mr. Emmanuel. I hope you've had okay. fun also. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. So I think it is it's actually worth it and it's very interesting. All right, yeah. awesome. So we've come to the end of today's session on the forum on the venture. Um, we'll be having another session tomorrow with Stacy Ann Pearson. Uh, she's an innovation, she's an economic innovation uh, specialist. Um, in fact, she's even based in China. So she'll be reaching out to us from Beijing, China tomorrow. 
And um, you know, that will be the complete uh that'll be the, the final session for series six as we look to round up this series of conversations on series seven next week. So thank you so much for joining in. Do have a great day and cheers to a prosperous Africa that we all want and dream of. Do have a great day. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I think we we actually need more of this kind of program. So to actually position our mind and also drive the kind of interest of the Nigerian student. So, so I yes. think anything like this, I'm good to go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. Do take care. Yeah, bye. -bye. bye.